Well, let us open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. We look at one verse this morning, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4. We're slowing down in our study of Hebrews. We've come to chapter 11 and we're going to look at each one of these stories individually as we gather the evidence by which God would have us to grow and mature in our faith. And we come to this first individual. Let's look at it together. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Hebrews chapter number 11 is that great well-known chapter of faith. It has often been referred to as the, the hall of faith, whereby we have examples of men and women who are heroes to us in terms of understanding faith and how it's lived out in our daily lives. We looked at the first three verses last Sunday, and in verse number one of the chapter, we saw faith defined for us. And let me give you the definition of faith by which we surmised from verse number one. We, we talked about faith is living with certainty and conviction in that which we have fixed our hope but do not yet see. Let me say that again. Faith is living with certainty and conviction in that which we have fixed our hope but do not yet see. That's how the chapter begins, defining for us what faith is. Faith, again, is living with certainty and conviction in that which we have fixed our hope but do not yet see. It is resting, trusting, and hoping in God's Word. And to the one who puts his faith in God, the Bible tells us that God gives both understanding and sight to that person. Of course, in verse 2 of chapter 11, we are reminded that it is only by faith in him that anyone can gain God's approval. Perhaps that's why you're here this morning. You're trying to seek God's approval by just attending a house of God, by attending a service of Worship, But the Bible is very clear in verse 2 and throughout all of Hebrews chapter number 11 that the only way any one of us could ever gain God's approval is if we live our lives by faith in Him. Of course, we came to verse 3 and we discovered that the Bible serves for us as the filter by which all knowledge is truly understood. And he gave us an example, an illustration of that. He, he spoke of creation and how that the existence of the universe, even though it is beyond the, uh, our mind's comprehension, yet we as believers do get it. We understand it. We, 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 we grasp it because the Bible is the lens, it is the filter by which we understand the things of God. And it all comes back to faith. 
Faith is what opens our eyes to the world around us. Faith is what helps us to see the God who is invisible. Faith is what helps us to come to grips with all that transpires in our life. Without faith, as we will see in the coming weeks, it is absolutely impossible to please God. We are to be people of faith. We are to live our lives of faith with certainty and conviction in that which we have fixed our hope. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, even though we have yet to see him with our eyes. Now as we come to verse 4, we begin a long line of examples that teach us about the life of faith. And we begin here in Hebrews chapter 11 with the fourth human to live on this earth. His name, Abel. Now we have to go back to Genesis chapter 4 in order to see the details of Abel's faith. And I'm privileged in my Bible to have two Bible markers. So one marker is in Hebrews chapter 11. The other marker is in Genesis chapter 4. You might want to go ahead and find Genesis chapter 4 because we're going to be flipping back and forth a little bit this morning as we come to understand the fullness of this story of Abel and, and, his, and his faith. Of course, let me refresh our memories a little bit. In Genesis chapter 4, we are reminded that shortly after Adam and Eve were put out of the Garden of Eden because of their sin and rebellion against God, they began to have children. And among their children was their firstborn. His name, Cain. Cain, the firstborn of Adam and Eve. But he would soon hear the words that every only child is sad to hear. Cain, you're going to have a brother. And his brother, his name was Abel. And that's where we have Cain and Abel. I guess when we think about it in terms of the beginning of the world and the beginning of the Bible, we think about the uh, human life being in pairs. We think of Adam and Eve as a pair. And we think of Cain and Abel as a pair. And Cain and Abel are the two sons of Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us here in Genesis chapter 4 that that Abel was a keeper of the sheep. That is, he was a shepherd, while Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer. Now, I've seen some people read into this as if to suggest that there's some spiritual meaning behind uh, the consequences of their life and their professions, but do not read into the Bible any more than what the Bible gives us clearly. Uh, These two were noble professions, all right? It was a good thing to be a farmer. It was a good thing to be a shepherd. It just so happened to be that these were the professions that these brothers held. Nothing more to that, nothing more to read into it other than Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. And we learn here quite quickly in Genesis chapter 4 that both brothers were also very religious, In fact, that's what our story is all about. That's what Hebrews 11.4 is pointing out. It's, It's teaching us a lesson about approaching God. For Abel's approach pleased God. But Cain's approach did not please God. And that is the essence of what we look, about, look at in the story of Cain and Abel. Abel approached God in a way that pleased the Lord. It was accepted by God. Cain approached God in a way that it was displeased by him. Therefore, God rejected Cain. 
Well, let's, let's dive into this. Number one, just very clearly here from Hebrews 11.4, I noted, first of all, that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. That's the first point. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. That's what it says in verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That is, it was a better sacrifice. It was a more acceptable sacrifice to God. Now, the question when we look at this on the surface is, did Cain and Abel know how to approach God? Or was this whole scene by, by chance? That is, that is it, was just, it was just luck that Abel got it wrong. And it was misfortune that Cain, or Abel got it right and Cain got it wrong. Is that how we approach this? Well, I, I want to... I want to invite you to put your thinking cap on this morning, as my third grade teacher used to tell me, all right? It's early. Some of you may not have had your coffee when you came in. That's all right. Well, I want to challenge you to think a little bit, all right? Think a little bit. Now, I'm going back to Genesis chapter 4. And again, if you have a Bible marker there, if you're just holding it in place with your finger, just flip right back. And notice what it says in verse 3. Again, we're asking the question, did Cain and Abel know how to approach God, or was this by chance? Was it by chance that Abel got it right and Cain got it wrong? Verse 3 of Genesis 4 says, and in the process of time, it came to pass. There's a very important phrase here. That is, in the process of time, that helps us to change a little bit of what we view in the age of these young boys. Some time had indeed passed in their lives before this particular scenario played out. And when we think of Cain and Abel, sometimes we think them as maybe elementary age boys or teenagers when this occurred. But some have suggested through deduction, and I'm not going to take you through all of this. You can maybe note it in your notes and do a little homework this afternoon and see if you can come to the same conclusion. But when you compare the age of Adam when his son Seth was born, Seth was a gift from God due to the murder of Abel. When you compare the age of Adam when Seth was born, which was around 130 years old Adam was, Many suggest that just through basic deduction that Cain and Abel were somewhere around 100 years old at this time when this whole role played out in Genesis chapter 4. So, so let's get out of our minds for a moment that these were elementary age schoolboys or, or teenagers or even new young adults at this point. No, some time has passed, verse 3 says. A great deal of time has past. So they're not young boys, and I bring that out because at this point in their life, their conclusions about God are their own conclusions. They're not just going through the rituals of sacrifice because that's what mom and dad said we're supposed to do, and as long as you live under my roof, this is what you're going to do. No, they're adults. They're making their own decisions. They have their own families. They, they have their own professions. They have their own conclusions about God. By the way, 
I believe personally, it's most likely that Adam and Eve were the greatest evangelists who ever lived. When we think about child rearing and all that Adam and Eve would have taught their boys, or any of their children for that matter, I mean, if anybody understood what it meant to be lost, Adam and Eve understood it more than anyone did. They were created in perfection explicitly after the express image of God, and they ruined it by their disobedience. They were banned from the garden. Do you think ever once in a while, Adam and Eve might have taken their boys maybe to the edge of the garden where it was being protected and said, let me tell you about what God created over there and how come we can't live there? Oh, if anybody had a perfect illustration of what sin is and what sin does, Adam and Eve had it. I believe they were probably some of the greatest evangelists to have ever lived. My my point in saying that is this, Cain and Abel have learned a lot about God. (laughs) They've learned a lot about sin. They've learned a lot about sacrifices and worship through their parents. Which means that although it's not recorded for us prior to Genesis chapter 4, God must have established at some point for this family a pattern for the sacrifices. It would not become law until later as we would study it as God would give it. But there had to be some pattern. There had to be some instruction. These sacrifices were not the ingenuity of man. This was the instructions and gifts of God. This is what he commanded for human life to follow. And so Cain and Abel knew what they were supposed to do. But on this particular occasion, God only accepted Abel's sacrifice, not Cain's. And the reason is why? Why? I mean, we ask ourselves that question. And Hebrews 11.4 answers it for us. In fact, the very first two words of the verse tell us why. Because Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. By faith. By faith, the Bible says, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. This is why God accepted Abel's but rejected Cain. Because Abel approached God in faith. And let me remind all of us this morning that we cannot approach God just any way that we desire. We can only approach Him on the basis of faith. Faith in Jesus. Faith in God. Faith in His Word. There's a lot of deceived people today living their lives thinking they are right with God that God is pleased with them, that God is acceptant of them, even though they're living their lives approaching Him on their terms. But we do not approach God on our terms. We approach Him on His terms. And His terms for worshiping God, His terms for approaching Him is to be done in faith. Faith. Now, we have evidence here of Abel's faith in two particular ways. Number one, I note that Abel's faith was seen by his obedience. Abel's faith was seen by his obedience. It is, his faith is genuine. It's real because obedience, obedience to God accompanied his professed faith in God. 
And it's important that we make note of this church family because to do anything by faith, okay, to do anything by faith, and let me say it this way, to do something by faith, it means you must do it in response to and according to God's word. That's what it means to do something by faith. I am doing it in response to God's word or I am doing it according to God's word. In other words, God's will is spoken by his word and we, by faith, respond in obedience. Romans 10, 17, we've said it a lot in our journey through the book of Hebrews and we'll continue saying it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear the word of God, we respond in faith as we are obedient to the word of God. So we surmise from the text here in Hebrews chapter 11 as well as Genesis chapter 4 that both Cain and Abel knew God's will regarding the sacrifice that was required. And when the time came to make the offering, Scripture says that Cain offered the fruit of the ground. That's what he brought and laid upon the offering, uh, the, the altar, this, this offering of fruit, grains, and vegetables. By the way, not a bad offering. This is a good offering. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But there's nothing inherently wrong with the sacrifice of fruit, grains, and vegetables. In fact, many of you sacrifice them every day of your life. You do not include them in your meal plan, all right? But there's nothing wrong here with actually offering it to God. But, but Abel, Abel offered something different, okay? Cain offered the fruit of the ground. Abel offered the firstborn of his flock. That, that is the blood sacrifice of a lamb. So we have two different offerings here. Cain brings the fruit of the ground, fruits, grains, vegetables. Uh, Abel offers the blood sacrifice of a lamb. And in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5, as well as Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, it says that God did not accept Cain's offering. Now here's one of the reasons why we have an issue with Cain's offering. Because this offering was to be a sin offering. Now think about this. This was to be a sin offering. So while there is nothing intrinsically wrong with a fruit or vegetable offering, in fact, the Mosaic law includes such offerings, it would only be the blood of a sacrificial animal that would actually deal with sin. And so the problem that we have here is not in the fruits and vegetables. The problem is... Cain is trying to deal with his own sin in disobedience to the way that God said sin had to be dealt with by the blood of a sacrificial animal. So Abel obeyed God by faith, relying on the will of God's word to bring the forgiveness of sin. Cain, however, disobeyed God relying on the work of his hands to gain God's acceptance. That's so very important. I want to say that again. 
Abel obeyed God by faith, relying on the will of God's word to bring forgiveness of sin. Cain, however, disobeyed God, relying on the work of his hands to gain God's acceptance. It's as if Cain thought, what I'm giving to God through this beautiful array of fruits and vegetables and grain is far more beautiful than a bloody animal. It's as if Cain thought, I I worked hard for mine. I mean, it took me a lot of time to bring this together, to to decorate it in such a way that it would please God. I I worked hard to put this together, and, and my way is far better than just slaying an animal, throwing upon the altar, and allowing the blood to drip down. And here we have what Jude 1.11 refers to as the way of Cain. I don't have time to take you there this morning, but that is exactly what Jude 1.11 says, the way of Cain. And he's talking about the Cain of Genesis chapter 4. The way of Cain is the way of pride. The way of Cain is the way of self Righteousness. Cain is the first example of false religion that the world has seen. I will do it my way. I will rely on my works. I will rely on my efforts. I will rely on my good deeds. I mean, surely this will be beautifully accepted by God. Surely, if he accepts the blood of his son, he would accept something that I can present to him that may be a little bit more tasteful to human life. The way of Cain is the way of pride, church. The way of Cain is the way of self-righteousness. It's the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of humility. That's what Cain did. Abel, on the other hand, he brought God exactly what he wanted. And that is why God accepted Abel's offering. He didn't try to tweak it. He didn't try to improve it. He didn't try to make himself look better in the offering of it. No, Abel did exactly what God wanted Abel to do. Offer the blood of a sacrificial animal For the forgiveness of his sins. If you're trying to come to God. Any other way. Than the way that God has willed for you to come to him. God will not accept what you have to offer. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I gave this to the church. It doesn't matter. But I did this for the church. It doesn't matter. But I grew up in it. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Cain was religious. How do we know that? He offered a sacrifice. He didn't flat out rebel in the sense of, oh, hey, will you do your thing? I'm going to go do mine. No, he actually went through the religious ritual. He's a religious thinking person. Where he got it wrong was disobeying God. (laughs) 
thinking that he could approach God on his terms however he wanted. And friend, may it be a strong message to us today that we can only come to God one way, and that is the way that he has willed for us to come to him. And for us, that is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22 tells us, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now think about this. We're talking about something that we've been studying for months here in the book of Hebrews. Sacrifices. I read Isaiah chapter 1 intentionally this morning. Because did you note however, how many times God said in Isaiah chapter 1, I'm sick and tired of your stinking sacrifices? I don't want your sacrifices anymore. You keep offering these sacrifices and you, you, you expect to have my presence and my acceptance among you. Stop. Stop doing that. To obey is better than sacrifice. In other words, it is, it is better to obey the Lord than to go through the motions of religious ritualism. And some of us are going through the motions of religious ritualism just like Cain was doing. I'm going to go make my sacrifice, except I'm going to make it really look nice this time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show this you know, really good presentation. God's going to be so happy with it, he's going to change everything he requires because he's going to like mine better. Abel's faith was seen by his obedience. He gave God exactly what he wanted. Are you giving God exactly what he wants? What does he want from me? He wants your faith in Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants your faith in Jesus. Abel's sacrifice was a more excellent sacrifice because he offered it by faith. And that faith was seen. It was evidenced by his obedience. Secondly, Abel's faith was seen or made evident by his humility. By his humility. Now the emphasis here is on the distinct attitude. And we have to go back to Genesis chapter 4 to see this. The distinct attitude between the brothers. Abel's obedience was filled with joy and he delighted in offering God the very best of his flock. And the reason he did so is because he understood the significance of his sin. He understood his need for God's forgiveness, that there would be no hope for his life if he did not have the forgiveness of God on him. Cain, on the other hand, did not approach God with humility. And we see that. When God rejected his offering. Because in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 4. It says that after God rejected Cain. Cain was very angry. He's not a little frustrated. He's not even a little disappointed. He is very angry. And his countenance fell. His countenance fell. So, so think about these two phrases, very angry and a failed countenance, all right? He was furious at God. He was outraged. He was bitter that God didn't accept what he had to offer. And his face, his countenance, expressed all of it, expressed all of it. We know what it's like to express on your face what you're really thinking. And somebody walk in the room, I'm not going to say whether it's your husband or your wife, but maybe it is. They walk in the room and you can just tell by the expression on their face, something's off, I better be on my best behavior, right? 
That's what the phrase means, is his countenance fell. You could see it all over him. He's outraged. He's, he's furious. He's angry. He, he's, he's bitter. And here's the grace of God. Think of this. In the very next verse, God even pleaded with Cain to do what was right. Just do what was right, Cain. But this is how prideful and arrogant Cain was. He refused to do it. His pride turned to jealousy. His jealousy turned to hatred. And the next thing you know it, Cain and Abel are walking together in a field when to Abel's surprise, Cain viciously, viciously murders him. Murders him. By simply refusing to live our lives by faith in God's word, will lead us to commit sins we never thought possible. How do you not know, church friend, that your rejection of Jesus today could lead you to the unthinkable tomorrow? You're blessed You're sitting this morning under the sound of the gospel and God is saying, I will change your heart. I will give you a new soul. I will forgive your sins and return your course back to me if you will simply by faith come to Christ. Let me tell you a little something about Cain. This is another sermon for another night. But Cain's attitude was more about his anger toward God than it was about Abel. Meditate on that for yourselves. Cain didn't start out being jealous of his brother. He started out being ticked off at God. And his anger toward God led him to mistreat his brothers. And I wonder how many times even in our own lives that really our mistreatment of one another has to do with our issues with God. But figure it out for yourself. But what we do understand here is that the life of faith begins with a sacrifice for sin. The life of faith begins with a sacrifice for sin. A sacrifice that produces a life of authentic worship. Abel's sacrifice was accepted because he knew what God wanted and he obeyed what God wanted. Cain's sacrifice was rejected because he knew what God wanted, yet he disobeyed. So the conclusion is that faith, the faith of Abel is obedience and humility, but the way of Cain is pride and self-righteousness. Which way is your life going? Are you living under the faith of Abel? Or are you walking the way of Cain? Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Write down number two. Because of that, Abel obtained the status of righteous. Abel obtained the status of of righteous. Look at the second half of verse 4. Well, let me just read it all so that we can understand it. We're back in Hebrews chapter 11 again. I'm sorry I failed to note that. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. So as a result of Abel's faith in God to humbly do what God had told him to do, he obtained the status of being righteous before God. Now look right here. Both Cain and Abel were sinners. 
They were born into this world sinners because of their literal parents. They're no different than you and I. Every person in this room is a sinner. Every person in this room is a sinner. Cain and Abel were sinners. But let's just, let's just talk real for a moment. Because when you look at their lives as portrayed for us in the Bible, and if you were to put them standing up right next to each other, it would seem, it would seem that Abel, Abel was probably a... Uh, a better guy than Cain. Uh, wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, I mean, it would seem that Abel was probably more honest, uh, more moral, more, more likable. He was probably a pretty righteous guy. Pretty good fella. But listen to me very carefully. Abel was counted righteous. Not because he was righteous, but because he trusted God. Abel was counted righteous, not because he was righteous, not because he was a pretty good guy. No, he was counted righteous because he trusted God. God forgave his sins and counted his soul righteous because he put his faith in God's word. What does it mean to be righteous? Righteous. Some of you come from a generation. I'm not going to tell them how many decades ago that was where everything was righteous, dude. But what does it mean to be righteous? The, the word righteous, it's a, it's a word that describes being right with God. That's what it means. To be right with God. And the only way to be right with God is to place your faith in God. He obtained the status of righteousness. That is, Abel was right with God because he did what God told him to do. And what is the true mark of that righteousness on a person's life? Well, we just talked about it. The humble obedience of faith. The humble obedience of faith is the mark that shows we are right with God. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 8. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Without question. Without second thought. Indeed. Indeed. You are true followers of God. That is, if you are humbly obedient to the word of God. He became righteous, right with God, right with God, because he did what God told him to do. We become righteous when we do what God told us to do, to put our faith in the sacrificial son of Jesus Christ. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God says, or the Bible says that God made Jesus who knew no sin. God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. God has provided a way for us to be right with Him. Think of this. God deserves to banish us to hell. He deserves to destroy this whole thing and start all over Again, 
But he gives us a way to be right with him. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 10.10 For with the heart we believe unto righteousness. It's faith that makes us right with God. And as we are right with God, our mouth will confess salvation unto him. Salvation unto him. Have you believed and confessed? Are you right with God? Friend, if you will believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that His death was the blood sacrifice needed to make your sinful soul right with Him, that His resurrection brought life and hope to all who confess Him as Lord, then you can be right with God. And we call that saved. (laughs) Saved. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is by faith do what God has told us in his word. He wants us to do. To come to him. To trust him. To obey him. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Abel obtained the status of righteous. And let me remind you as we go on to the third point this morning. Any good thing in you or me is really nothing to do with us at all. It is the righteousness of God that creates any goodness in us. Who are we? Who are we to take credit for the things that God so graciously does in our lives? Oh, it is from the Lord that we are righteous, not of ourselves. Not of ourselves. Thirdly, here's here's the last statement. Abel is dead, but still speaks. Again, we go back to this point being just clearly laid out for us in, in our text in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Now, there's some more things that you can study in Genesis chapter 4 about how the, the, the blood of Abel uh, spoke from the ground. I leave that to your own study. But here, in, in the greater sense, the writer of Hebrews just kind of helps us understand what that means for us today. Hebrews eleven four. Look, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he, Abel, being dead, still speaks. He still speaks. That is, Abel died by the murderous hands of a prideful and jealous brother, but his example of faith, his his testimony of faith, it still speaks. That is, Abel is still preaching a sermon. That's obviously so because we're, we're, we're reading it in Scripture today. We're dealing with it this morning. So what is he saying to us? Well, I would have you to know that The thing that Abel is saying, still saying to us, is a three-point sermon. And I actually have those points. Here's what Abel is saying to us today. He's saying, number one, the only way you can come to God is by faith. That's what he's saying to us today. That's what Hebrews 11.4 is preaching to us. That is what Abel, although he is dead, is still speaking. The only way you can come to God today is by faith. It is not of your goodness. It is not of your religious ritualism. It is not of your works. It is by faith in God. The second thing that Abel is saying to us is that sin demands a blood sacrifice. It demands that. Death is the only payment for sin. And Abel, though he's dead, 
still speaks of that reality. Here's the third thing. Obedient and humble faith is what makes us right with God. (laughs) That's what he's preaching to us. Obedient and humble faith is what makes us right with God. This is the message that Abel has been preaching for thousands of years. And it's the message that God wants us to heed today. It's the message by which we even begin our lessons of living by faith is understanding that the life of faith begins with a sacrifice. A sacrifice for sin that you don't have to make but has already been made in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Will you accept his sacrifice? Or will you continue walking the way of Cain? I think, Pastor, that God will be more pleased with what I have to give him than what he has given us in his own son, Jesus. Friend, there's a very dangerous life to live. And the Bible says that we not need to boast ourselves of tomorrow. That is, we do not need to think that this is what I'm going to do tomorrow and this is where I'm going to go. You get wrapped up in tomorrow, you forget to realize the significance of today. You're walking on thin ice, thin ice to live another day, to live another day without faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the life of faith begins with a sacrifice for sin. And Jesus has become that sacrifice. The question left to ask is, will you accept his sacrifice or will you go the way of Cain? This is the faith of Abel. And it's the faith of every person in here who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. When we dismiss our service here in just a few moments, I would love nothing more than to be able to pray with you and to introduce you to Jesus, to help you accept today by obedience and humility what God has asked you to do by calling upon Him as your Lord and Savior. Would you let me do that? There's nothing more important going on. And we can even start the second service late if we need to. Because the greatest joy that we would have today is to help you possess the same faith as Abel. The faith that trusts God. Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Are you trusting in the sacrifice of his cross? Let's stand together and bow our heads for prayer.